This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. But you know what? They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show, sucker! Tonight on Bullstone. Elementary school student Charles Brown was taken into custody today for making threatening comments to fellow school children. Bullying may be the cause. When asked for comment, fellow children referred to Mr. Brown as a blockhead. Rocking around the Christmas... Bree? The new trend of holiday cheese trees and how your family can select the tastiest ones. With only a few days to go, 2016 shifts it into high gear for an additional unnecessary victory lap for world's shittiest year. God rest ye merry, dental men? We have full coverage of the group of local dentists who are wassailing for charity. All these shaft-cracking stories and more tonight on Bullstone. Watch a shaft crack. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Howdy, howdy. Had a real cracking episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, watch your shaft, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, watch watch your emotional shaft. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh. Hello, and welcome to Bullstone. That was a failed uh, uh, spinoff, by the way. <laughs> emotional <laughs> shaft. <laughs> who's the private lady dick who's in touch with all of our emotions and other chicks? Emotional, emotional shaft. shaft. She can listen. <laughs> she can listen. <laughs> I'm Dave Stecco. I'm David Flora. Welcome to Get ready for a stone. cracking unboxing. Yeah. All right. Cracking unboxing. <laughs> that guy's awesome. I uh, hope you guys had an excellent Christmas. Yep. Uh, I know Flora and I did. We did. We did indeed. Sure did. Got presents. We got things. Yeah. Got some candies. Got some stuffs. Got some shirts. Flora. Uh, games, chocolates, ga- games, games, and uh, Legos, Legos, a game about Legos, a game about Legos <laughs> made of chocolate. I am literally a goddamn eight year old. <laughs> oh, you and me both brother. <laughs> oh, it was the best. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If, if eight year old me got as many knives as you did, <laughs> that's true. Jeez. I did get, I did get a, a hatchet, two knives, some honing stones. You got a hatchet? Yeah, Kim got me a sweet-ass hatchet. You didn't tell me you got a hatchet. Yeah. <laughs> I got to send you a picture because she wrapped it. She just tightly wrapped paper around it, so it's just a hatchet-shaped present with a ribbon <laughs> That's on great. it. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, I want to so, do that with a gift, but have it be like a, a peppermint stick or something. I thought that Kim was – I thought it was like a toothbrush. I thought she was messing with me. But no, <laughs> no, she was true to her word. It was a sweet ass. It was like a great vintage hatchet. Um, Got to learn to throw that tomahawk. Right? Absolutely. That's what it's going to be for. But you guys don't care about our presence. You care about what we can give you. Tonight, we have got a stocking full of insane weird stuff. I'm excited. I've, I've got some good ones this week. Yeah, you do. Good. I hope, <laughs> uh, I hope that uh, you're Santa and I'm like the, the bag of toys. You just... 
hoist me up on your shoulder and carry me through the night. <laughs> you hope that I'm Santa and, and you're the masked hobo that rides in and beats kids <laughs> and high fives Santa. <laughs> That's me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bell stickle this whole thing. <laughs> All right. Flora, why don't you kick us off then, bro Stilvius? All right. All right. Um, <laughs> how about uh, how about you get us uh, some uh, interesting uh, stories there, if you're so tough? All right. How how about this one that's coming from Live Science? 5,000-year-old nativity scene found in Egypt. Swat. 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 Now, this one I encourage you to check out in the show notes, and we'll see. You'll see, uh, you'll see why. Italian researchers have discovered what might be the oldest nativity scene ever found. 5,000-year-old rock art that depicts a star in the east, a newborn between parents, and two animals. Now, I can think of one thing off the top of my head that might be a problem with that. Okay. And it's, it com- comes to about 3,000 years. <laughs> All right. Well, stick with me. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, it was found in the ceiling of a small, uh, kind of a cave. It, it was the way they describe it. It makes me think that it wasn't a, a proper cave. It was just sort of a little carved out of the, the cliff. Yeah. In, um, the Sahara desert in Egypt, uh, Marco Morelli, who's the director of the museum of planetary sciences in Prato near Florence, Italy said, it's a very evocative scene. <laughs> which indeed resembles the Christmas nativity, but it predates it by some 3,000 years. I can do the same math as him. We're the same. Now, apparently they found it in uh, 05, but they're just now deciding to let everybody know. It doesn't really go into detail on why. But um, he, he also says the discovery has several implications as it raises new questions on the iconography of one of the more powerful Christian symbols. It goes on to describe it as a um, as having a man, a woman missing it, its head because uh, you know the rock flakes off because it's uh, painted on this this sandstone. What if the head is just a recent uh, mutation? What if it we've only recently evolved heads? That was like a super accurate drawing. <laughs> I uh, I encourage you when you get a chance to to follow the link, look at the picture uh, of this. Laura, send me that picture. And he's saying that the this newborn, the, what they're calling a newborn, is drawn just a little bit, little bit above the parents in between them, as as if raising to the sky. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now I'm looking at this too. Okay. And then they say there's there's two animals there and a small circular feature off to the side. Which, all right. So uh, let's take this one at a time. The upper part uh, is a headless lion, yeah. Which apparently the headless lion is is a mythical beast that appears in a lot of uh, rock drawings. Even though there's a headless woman who who's just headless, uh, not not a mythical beast. And then below in the scene, a baboon or an anthropomorphic monkey can be seen. And then they say in the east, the Neolithic artist drew what appears to be a star. And it's called Cave of the Parents, because it's a, what a great name. So when you get a chance to look at this, just um, let me know if I'm crazy 
in thinking that that's just a huge pile of shit. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I yeah, I don't feel like. I mean, I think it's cool old cave art, but mm-hmm. I would. I don't think that it is a nativity scene. I think I think you're really, really you're filling in about eighty five percent to ninety five percent of the story based oh, on yeah. four words, and you're just filling the rest in. Yeah, this is very incomplete because a lot of the surface of it has chipped off and flaked off. the The thing that I think they're they're calling a headless lion looks like a friggin' pan turned upside down. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's clearly like half of it's gone. It's flaked off. So how how can you say that's anything? It could be a UFO taking this kid up into it. Yeah, for all or we know. a UFO delivering the child. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. But um, the thing, uh, I, I don't see a star unless it's that little like coffee stain just to the to the right of the the male figure on it and then whatever this thing's down it looks like somebody just had a had a very bad accident down like fell off a cliff and and got totally twisted up and or or like it's it's physics in a a video game when you get blown up by a grenade or something but um anyways this does not look anything like what they're saying it looks like <laughs> yeah no i i, I am i'm fully uh agreeing with you on that how do they know it's five thousand years old yeah i mean i I guess you what do you date it by other things that are found around there do you chip off some of the paint and and test that (laughs) yeah they probably just tested the lady's head (laughs) let's 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 set aside how you find out how old it is for a second (laughs) how do you then make the leap to christian iconography yeah, that I, that's just a reach for a headline so that someone will pay attention. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. It's, you uh, you got to do way better than that if you really want to start f***ing with shit. Cool find, but um, I I think the old um, wherever the this friggin' shot put landed is not on the playing field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is out of bounds play. So anyways, that's that's what I got. Check it out on the link in the show notes if you can and. See if we're off here, or if we're just a little crazy. Just a little crazy. All right, I've got uh, we got a lot of great updates <laughs> on on things we covered. And uh, Flora, I'm gonna put you on the spot here because I believe I believe you even threatened an update on the Dyson Sphere star. You did. You did threaten with that, not on air where anyone else did could verify I? it, but just where I heard it. Yeah. Oh, um, I was just let just just letting you know. <laughs> no, I've got a great update here. Now we talked about this uh, a while ago in Oklahoma City, the the haunted Skirvin Hilton, Skirvin Hilton. Oh my God, Skirvin! And this story's a little bit old, but I just found it, and I can't stay away from it. We finally have someone with the courage to stand up and say, "Hey." These ghosts are horny as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. NBA star Meta World Peace, formerly known as Ron Artest, is now jeez, oh, only formerly known as, ne- as never molested by a ghost. <laughs> uh, 
Meta World Peace uh, told the Orange County Register that he, <laughs> and I quote, the ghosts were all over me. I just accepted it. <laughs> they, they touched me all over the place. I'm taking one of the ghosts to court for touching me in the wrong places. <laughs> yeah. But, and it says, you know, despite all the right. fact that he was being a little silly, he, he, he actually had an <laughs> encounter. And uh, the reason that he didn't run away was, quote, I was watching a good movie and I was tired. I didn't want to move. So he just, just, he just let those ghosts go to town on him. He, he had the Ray Stans experience. Oh, my gosh. What movie do you think he was watching? Uh, you don't have to wonder. It was George Clooney's Money Monster. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Everybody knows Ron Artest doesn't let anyone touch him, lest he lose his f***ing mind and start beating up everyone. <laughs> so, it's the most ironic name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Metal World Peace, not mm-hmm. a guy you mess with. That's the one thing he's known for, way more than playing <laughs> basketball. <laughs> so, uh, so just so you guys know, I mean, maybe you guys want to race stands it. You should go there. Yeah. Give it a, give it try a try. Try to recreate the whole thing. I wonder if you have to be an NBA player, though. Because doesn't it seem like it, it mostly happens to them? Yeah. Do you have to be an active NBA player? Like, could we could we get a hold of Chauncey Billups and send him in there? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot him a text right now. <laughs> Chauncey Billups. <laughs> well, I can't. I don't. I, I got to. I feel like Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf is not busy <laughs> you're, right you're going, now. You're going all nuggets is what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> let's get uh what's that guy the bird man what what's about the mutumbo <laughs> yeah let's get still n- nuggets <laughs> uh, 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 not in my hotel yeah exactly yeah you you he's like the nba's ghostbuster he is uh, 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 uh. he can spectrally slap a ghost's hand <laughs> <laughs> it's a power he's had since birth it's true it's true <laughs> maybe that's what dikembe means Ghost slapper. <laughs> Ghost slapper. Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. You son of a bitch. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. See, that was like, yeah, I think 1995 was the last time I knew anything about basketball. So, Oh, Chauncey Billups was a recent. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He was he was the last uh, 10 years at least. Yeah. But Yeah, he was pretty recent. It, truth be told, this is how bad I am. I said Chauncey Billups, but what I meant was Muggsy Bowes. That's who M- I really Muggsy wanted. Muggsy Bowes, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know that new team, the Charlotte Hornets, that brand new expansion, <laughs> the revived, the died and revived one. Yeah. <laughs> well, back back in his day, they were brand new. Didn't that go to New Orleans as the Hornets? Then, like the next year, it got changed to Pelicans, and then and now they're ah man. Oh, oh you're here, you're here way go. out of my depth. Then now. they have the Charlotte Bobcats, and now they're the Hornets again. Oh, really? I th- I think that's what happened, but um, Jay Gish would know. Oh yeah, he would. JVG, tell us what's up. That's funny. Um, is it? Uh, are are you are you done with that one? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was the full might and power of that. Uh, if you don't have Dikembe Mutombo, there's another way that you can get rid of ghosts, Dave. And this one's coming from the website <laughs> Weak and Weird. If- if you can't get, if you don't have Dikembe on speed dial, <laughs> or if you call Dikembe and he rejects your call by saying, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> "Not on my phone," 
you can get a ghost repellent, which is uh, <laughs> which can get rid of ghosts with wave killer technology. A new device allegedly blasts unwanted paranormal entities out of your home. Is it an unlicensed uh, nuclear reactor that fits in a backpack? Oh, it's not. Man, it's not. If only. This is from a Thai company called Super Boondi, and it's a version of apparently what's called a Trisaxri ghost repellent. What's a Boondi? <laughs> Don't ask. If you have to yeah. ask, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was lost before you even got to the hard to pronounce part. <laughs> It will get rid of your uh, unwanted spirits thanks to its specially designed circuitry. So what you do is you, you flip the switch. You, you flip it on on the ghost repellent box. It activates a low-level electromagnetic field, a condenser microphone, and an infrared camera that all work together to detect the heints in your place. Uh, it, it calls it the phenomenon receptor. <laughs> There's a lot of names to this. Wow. Yeah. Do you have to buy all the parts separately you, and then you assemble know, it yourself? You no, know, thankfully you don't. Because what they have done, I think literally, is just taken a bunch of computer parts and <laughs> glued them into a box. <laughs> Never mind that. How much does it cost? Never mind that. Does it work? <laughs> yeah. Let me let me get to it. Um <laughs> when it when it detects something. It fires off a wave killer radio blast, which uh, they claim is enough to force the Phantom to leave. It's got a picture. Aren't those? And by the way, both of those were SNES games. <laughs> wave wave, wave killer. killer and radio blast. And oh, and funnily enough, Super Boondi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Boondi was a huge, huge hit on the NES. <laughs> Crash so. Boondi Coot. <laughs> more, more of a PlayStation crowd. It's got a great picture of the insides of this thing. This is actually the second version of this to come out because <laughs> the first time they released it, they got made so much fun of <laughs> that they just sold a couple on eBay and called it quits. So they wait, so wait, people were just unrelentingly unkind about this. Yes. Wow. And it's like a cardboard box that it's in. It, it's like or a like, particle board box. Or yeah. Right. Fi- yeah. Fiber board. Yeah. <laughs> And it does look, it's just a bunch of computer parts just kind of screwed in, in random space. There's even a fan, like a cooling fan. Yeah. Yeah. There's some hot glue going on in there. (laughs) So, um, so they, they gave it a second chance, built this thing. How much would you pay for something like this, Dave? Well, can you put a price tag on peace of mind? No, you can't. The ability to self, to self bust ghosts. No, you can't. Now I don't have to, I don't have to sign a cumbersome multi-year contract with a ghost buster right now i can take care of the problem myself diy it right so out of the goodness of your heart right when you consider the cost of a multi-year contract and you're locked in i mean i'd be willing to pay as much as 15 dollars to be able to do this on my own (laughs) by a factor of 100 that's how much it would set you back it's $1,500. $1,500. Fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred <laughs> big ones. Oh, don't forget tax and shipping. Overseas shipping, which is apparently uh, over a hundred dollars more. So, oh God! So there you go. That's uh, is it? Wait, now Boondi. 
Is it from Australia? No, it's uh, Thai. Thailand. Oh, okay. Uh, the, it's not a schematic. It's a diagram of how it works. If you're looking at it, it's it's at towards the bottom. <laughs> oh, just... yeah. No, no, no. That's not a diagram of how it works. <laughs> That's like a... Uh, something's going on, then a box that says magic happens, and then the third box says profit. <laughs> profit. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bunch of red arrows uh, with rectangles. Video, video and inaudible, you know, video and inaudible transmission. Now, if you can't hear it, it records it. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong here, but the thing that says phenomenon receptor has an arrow pointing to that cooling fan. Am I wrong in that? It's the other side. Good. The audio and video receptor is also a phenomenon receptor. Okay, good. Then, <laughs> yeah. Then it's, Don't worry. it's not this thing that is hack. consistent. I mean, this thing really is. It's just fiberboard screwed and hot glued together. Amen. Oh, wave killer radio blast. Yep. There you but go. You know what I do want? Because by the look of it, it's got like that bar of LEDs, and I feel like it looks like Kit from Knight Rider yeah. or a Cylon's face, uh-huh. and I just want it to go back and forth like that all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then go crazy when it detects something. Yeah. But wait, wait, wait. Okay. But the wait, there's thing, more. <laughs> but, but I have one more question. If the big circle is the phenomenon receptor, uh-huh. what's the little thing above it? Is that the camera? It's either the camera or the microphone, right? Or both. Or maybe it's the it's a, infrared. It's a microphone. Camera phone. No one's ever heard of that before. My, m- microma. My, micro machine. Oh, and look at this. the second edition. So much cleaner. Oh, yeah. Still done by hand. You can see all their pencil marks where they like marked out where everything needs to go. It's a, it's, it's a handmade crafted object that uh, is, is going to Dikembe Mutombo your ghosts. So Yeah. If you're can, not Dikembe, I would you need this. <laughs> I would call it uh, the, the Matumbo Mark 2.0. Yeah, and it only weighs 2,900 grams. Why is it listed in grams? Because well, <laughs> they're with the civilized world, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> ghost repellent. Video capture the ghost, then convert to radio signal and sent to wave killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is awesome. <laughs> I wish, why, why, yeah, I'm just, age. I'm, I'm could, I could kick myself for us not finding this before Christmas so people would know what to get us. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. For all those people that wanted to spend $1,500, this is the best possible use. <laughs> uh, what do you wow. got, Dave? All right. I am, I am ready and on deck. <laughs> God, that was great. I, I can't beat that. <laughs> so, uh, a, a fun, uh, not uh, not necessarily competing stories, but a couple of interesting developments on the um, EM engine, the electromagnetic drive, the EM drive right. that we've talked about before. Now, this is the one that is, is particularly unique in that it violates the law of uh, violates some of the laws of motion, uh, in that it provides thrust. Well, it creates a, uh, an action without an equally strong and opposite reaction. Um, and so, obviously, lots of uh, research is going into this. The Chinese have built their own that oh. they, are, uh, they are doing experiments on to see if it works or not. But also, NASA has actually uh, released a peer-reviewed paper 
published in the uh, AIAA Journal of Propulsion and Power. Um, so pretty pretty high profile, pretty legit yeah. uh, paper that a lot of people were taking as, oh, now it's a thing. This is a completely proven right. technology and, and we're off to the races. And it's funny because there's a, I found a few different sources for this story and like a lot of pictures. And it's so funny because the design of it requires this copper cone. And no, so no matter what you attach to it, it still looks like you stole parts of grandpa's moonshine still <laughs> and are going to the moon with it. <laughs> <laughs> so and the funny thing about this paper is uh, the, the final conclusions um, are not that, hey, this is it, guys, we did it, it works. The, their conclusions were positive that there was interactions that did pro- provide thrust, but um, really, I guess what they were trying to say is we did the best job we could of eliminating all variables, and we still detected something, but we're not 100% sure that we were able to isolate every conceivable variable. So I guess, it, I don't know, what does that kick the ball further down the field? Uh, some some physicists who read the paper called it "quote on and on nonsense." Um, that the uh, the physicists that were working on this thing used some pretty, uh, at least not mainstream physics, to describe to to explain how it was achieving thrust. Oh, uh, let me see what was the exact quote. Uh, yeah, saying things like that that the engine actually pushes itself forward using the vacuum of its space itself which is a, a kind of weird interpretation of, of quantum physics that is not widely held. So even then, I, I would love for this thing to be soups legit and somehow work, and we just don't quite get it yet. Um, but what it sounds like is they're reaching – I don't think that the like – they've already called out a few of the of weird parameters of how the engine was set up for the experiment. Uh-huh. They think that it was too close – to one of the experimental partition walls and that that may have also affected the results. I don't know how, I don't know what that means, but functionally uh, it says, yeah, we're going to have to keep looking at it because this, the, what they did see, they couldn't explain scientifically and could still fall within the margin of error of just uh, some isolated variable that they didn't properly exclude from the experiment so it sounds to me like what we were talking about with kin with the pathological science that they're yeah going into this and searching for the result that they want and it's a little bit of confirmation bias that anything that even sniffs of what they want they're jumping on absolutely that is exactly what i thought too i feel like professionally it's it's like a, a shitty hedge your bets game like well if this turns out to be the thing, I want to be able to be the first person that said, "Yeah, we did the science and it worked." Yeah. So that so that when the prizes or the notoriety rolls around, then I'll get my funding and shit. But ultimately, yeah, I think I do I I totally agree with. You. I think these guys were reaching for a positive result no matter how they could get it. But I think it's also kind of impressive that this thing over time has moved from, you know, like the 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 water-powered car kind of like kook conspiracy sure. idea to something that several governments and some of our top research labs have to sit down and deal with. And yeah. I, I think that's great. I think that's cool. So uh, I guess technically jury's still out, but still more research is getting done on it. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's hanging on enough to uh, warrant more looks at. So, and it could be. I mean, there there could absolutely you end up with a solution to this where no matter what they do, they keep detecting thrust, which so far is what keeps happening. Yeah, they're just they're just trying to determine: are we detecting genuine thrust, or is there something going on? Right. But it it could be that this thing continuously provides thrust and we still don't know how it does it because as <laughs> yeah. we as we've talked about on this podcast a bazillion times there's so much especially in the world of physics that we are no we not even close to understanding that it could work for reasons we don't yet know right. which i think would be the coolest result well let's let's hope that um we don't blow all, uh, each other to kingdom come before we find out Right. Oh, by the way, and speaking of things we don't know, big props to Professor Vera Rubin, who died on Christmas Day, who was one of the first people to suggest uh, dark matter. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Back in in the 70s for an effect called the Rubin Ford effect. That's uh, so unfortunately she passed away. and myself, like many others, think that she should have passed away with a uh, the, with the comforting weight of a Nobel Prize on her. No, but not so much. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. R.I.P. Uh, Vera Rubin. And R.I.P. Uh, everybody. God, it just won't fucking stop. It will never stop. You know what? We're gonna wake up on January first to this loud, deep laughter, two giant red glowing eyes in the sky, and it'll just say, it's still 2016, fuckers. <laughs> and 2016 will never die. It will continue to move on forward, devouring everything in its path. Yeah. Yeah, well, somebody was like, funny how everybody's saying, oh, I can't wait for 2016 to be over when 2017 is going to be, <laughs> it's just going to continue. <laughs> oh, Stuff, man. Doesn't matter. No, it can't. There's nobody left. There's nobody left. I take that back because there are people left. I have a tiny list in my mind that I can't even say out loud because I for, for fear of making it real. So, ugh, William what, Shatner, what Christopher a Walken, nutshot. Why, why are you saying that out loud? Like, <laughs> just putting him out there. I've got something to uh, to tag on though. Uh, oh, tag. tag if we're on. talking about this, uh, the science that maybe a little bit of a stretch and, and trying to uh, motivate people to get this stuff done and find out new, new exciting uh, discoveries and stuff like that. Well, something that also tied into our pathological science episode with Ken comes from uh, another one from live science star in a jar fusion reactor works and promises infinite energy. Now, again, that's a clickbait headline. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Damn it, it got me. But this this one at least gives us a little bit more than um, than than maybe what the, even the EM, EM drive is, is doing. And I think we talked about this. People have been trying to find some way to make a, a nuclear fusion reactor that would basically be like a little sun for us. It would provide limitless energy, clean energy and not be hard to to make or control. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And it, uh, all that and it's easy too. <laughs> right, right. And people have been working on this. This is something that that has been uh worked on, pursued and continues to be and they're calling it star in a jar technology, which I I like the name. I think that's fun. 
Now, uh, uh, according to new reports out of Europe, it said we just took a big step towards making that happen in a study published in the journal Nature Communications. Not nature, but nature communications. <laughs> Germany's Windelstein 7X fusion energy device is on track and working as planned. The, the, here comes the goofy part of this. They have a, a system known as a Stellarator. This Stellarator, Stellar as in like space, is S-T-E-L-L-A-R, Stellarator. It makes hydrogen plasma when, when you get it going. And uh, unlike a traditional fission reactor, which splits atoms to generate energy, this one fuses the nuclei of lighter atoms into heavier atoms. And when that happens, you get a massive amount of energy that, that's released and no radioactive waste. Just sweet, sweet helium. Yep, yep. And they, they can do this with uh, hydrogen, which, you know, as you can guess, we've got a lot of hydrogen on the planet, even though it doesn't really, it doesn't go into the fact that we kind of need that, that heavy water that, uh, that, that we talked about. But there are right. harder things to, to get. And, you know, to, to do this, and just like in, in the heart of a star, you got to have enormously high temperatures to get this hydrogen to a plasma state. And right now we're dealing with the trouble of trying to contain that plasma because there's, that's a new state of matter. <laughs> You're not going to. Well, I mean, we've, I, I, I think that also just the energy required to get things that hot is right. unfeasible. You know, I mean, we can, we can create fusion. We've been able to do that for decades. It's just, you, you can do it as a proof of concept, but it's expensive as f***. Well, you can, you can get it hot, but it's hard to contain once, once you get it to, uh, to be plasma because it's, they say, upwards of 80 million degrees Celsius. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is to get that plasma into a container and never have it touch the walls of the container. Right. So you would use magnetic containment? Exactly. They, they've worked with uh, scientists from the U.S. Department of Energy's Princeton Plasma Physics Laboratory, or... <laughs> <laughs> and they've got this magnetic cage that is, is right now working to contain this plasma. Right now, this magnetic cage is working <laughs> overtime, keeping your loved ones safe from plasma. And let me tell you how, how it works. They've got this, they call it a cage. Um, it's, it's kind of like a, it almost, to me, looks like a grenade. And the, they have magnets that run the, through the outside of it that are super cooled. And, and when they're super cooled, uh, it generates this electromagnetic field that then contains this plasma on the inside, which, you know, it'll never touch the walls and this and that. And, and meanwhile, it's, it's making these fusion react reactions and then generating energy from that. And as many as 1.21 gigawatts. Great, Scott. And then they say, yeah, the, the waste product from it is helium, which we're running out of. So, hey, win-win. <laughs> they say a viable fusion reactor would provide a secure, plentiful, and environmentally benign energy resource to all nations. Now, it's, it's a huge step to, to get this stuff even out of the laughable stage. Right. Because, and this is, this is a lot of this is exactly what we talked about with Ken. Like 
this is the the old uh, claims of, of room temperature fusion and yeah, you know, perpetual like motion of, and right, and you know, and of course, you know, like everyone, like the the benefits of of cold fusion, you know, are are pretty pretty obvious to everybody. But it's it's these these tiny little steps that people are taking here and there that you know, and and I don't I don't know, maybe it's possible, maybe it's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like they're they've got some legit scientists working on it. It sounds a little too good to be true to me. And my my next thought is if you get one, let's say boom, everything works, you've got one of these things. Yeah. How do you do you make one for everybody? Who who's going to come in try to profit off off of it? Or who's going to come in and destroy it or sabotage it so that they can keep their profits from, you know, like fossil fuels and shit. That's, that's right. Like, well, this doesn't seem like an easy before. thing to integrate into the world and, and clean up the environment with this clean energy. And you know what I mean? Like, uh, you and I have talked, this is, this is the part where you and I part ways on how we think the world operates with this stuff. Like, I mean, electricity was not easily integrated into the world. People resisted it and it was difficult and there were fires and people, you know, like it was a hot mess. But I personally think that ultimately better technology wins out because the company or the people who can, who can make, you know, say cold fusion. And I, I don't think there's like a, this star in a jar. Like I don't, I don't feel like people are going to go to Target and buy a 12 by 12 inch box that has a fusion generator in it. Um, I think that the, I don't, I just don't think that that's how that would, that would ultimately work out. But now this would replace the that, electric grid or, or not the grid, right. but the, the electric like hydro right. plants or whatever, or coal burning right. plants. Yeah. And if you, if you can build, if you can be the guy who owns a power plant that's churning out, that doesn't have to buy coal, that doesn't have to buy gas, that doesn't have to, to deal with those parts of the problem, but you can still churn out electricity. And even though, even if you charge less, you're still charging for it, you know, like that, that's an insanely profitable thing to do. And so I don't think that anyone will, will steal it. I mean, I'm sure there'll be, uh, there's always reluctance to new ideas. That's not new. That's happened a trazillion times before, but I, I personally think that, that the better option will always went out in the long run. Yeah. And that I don't think I don't think that there's a car that runs on water that's being killed by by the uh you know GM. I don't I don't think that that those sort of leaps in technology. I mean, if that was true there there wouldn't, you know, it's 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 the way people say that the electric car was uh permanently being killed or thwarted, but it was batteries. We didn't have good enough batteries. It didn't it wasn't a a viable thing to do. And now that we have good enough batteries, Within, you know, 24 months, within, within months of, of developing batteries that could do this, there are companies creating cars that can use them. You know, there was no, I, I, I didn't see Exxon or, or, or GM step in and, and crush these things. You know, like the, like the and even, even the problems they... that Tesla had, you know, they, they did have a problem with negative press. They did have a problem with, these things coming up because there is always reluctance, but I also, I personally believe that these things win out and uh, you know, the technology is, is out there. So electrical cars are electric cars are not a thing that's insane anymore. It's sure. It's a thing you can go out and see. 
but and I think we've had this conversation before too. I I yeah. I it's hard for me to say it because I I don't have the facts in front of me. I don't have the proof, the evidence that I can just throw out here, but I'm like 99% sure I have seen that they have done studies to show that the fossil fuel industry, the uh, car manufacturers made a concerted effort to try and squish electric cars. And I'm not saying that, that the best technology won't win out like that, you know, it it will inevitably happen, but there was a, uh, a concerted effort to try and kill electric cars and that's there that's, was there was a a documentary that I feel like is well it, that's a gosh, documentary yeah but I but it was it was no that was called uh, who killed the electric car yeah and I and I I, I never saw it um, but I, so I don't I couldn't say what's on there but and I feel like that was about ten years ago maybe yeah yeah it, does that seem right actually let's not wonder but um, not who licked the electric car that's a weird that's a different movie <laughs> but then I I think they they get wise to it and say, you know what, we got to stop fighting this and better embrace it. And that's when they start manufacturing it uh, themselves. You know, and like you said, they'll, they'll come out with a model, they'll get a better battery, they'll come out with another model, in, and so on and so on. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, I kind of want to move on because I feel like we've had this exact same discussion on like six different episodes. I mean, keep in mind also that we're not dealing with just the United States. We're dealing with the world. There are so many countries that are held in thrall of, of energy needs. I mean, the one, you know, that comes to mind first and foremost is uh, all of Eastern Europe gets their gas from Russia and Russia uses that, that leverage. If you know, all of those countries would love to see an alternative. Yeah. You know, so, so even, and they don't give a, they don't get, you know, Poland doesn't give a, what gm wants you know so like there's there's a lot of leaks in that dam and i i don't doubt i totally agree with you that 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 there is resistance to that that like companies wouldn't want those sort of things but there are too many leaks in that they cannot stop that on a global scale because as you just said everyone there's a lot more con, uh communication now yeah i think it would come in the form of sabotage of these experiments to where it looks like it's a dud before it even gets produced. You know what I mean? I disagree with that. And I'll tell you why, because that would mean that some organization has to send someone to every single lab doing energy work. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of labs. That's, a, I mean, how do you train that many agents? Do you, do you, do you mm. pick, uh, do you pick a scientist and then say, "Hey, I'll pay you extra to f- this place up"? Yes. And how and how do you keep all of those people from from talking ever, from singing yeah. money? I feel like money, that's, bro. No, nah, I think that I feel is way down the conspiracy theory. I don't think there's as many labs working on it as you think there is. I mean, and if there is, I, I think that there are even fewer that matter. <laughs> like big names that people would take seriously. Uh, but, how, but but by what by what rubric? Like how do you determine that? Like do you just sabotage the top 10% of schools labs or or labs in the world and how well, what top 10% by what? By funding? 
No, you're you just know, how do you, well, I mean you're 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 throwing out n- numbers that you're making up, so I can't really argue with that. But like I would say, you but no, go no, after, I, I mean, there are no numbers. I'm just saying, how do you? What like this this organization? Like how how do you target labs? How, which labs do you target? How do you, you target that? the ones that are publishing right now. Like this, that's uh, all labs. All labs are always publishing. They're always releasing papers. Well, it's it only mentions one in here or two that got right, published the, in in uh, whatever in Nature Communications. So, so that's where you start. So, but but that lab's already published. So do you go in afterwards and? Yeah, well, see it's the data? it's, but I don't think it's peer reviewed yet. I I think this is publishing saying, hey, we've we've made this this step it looks it looks good everything's up and running we're gonna have to keep because it because it they haven't published that the thing is done that it's right, that it's ready they, to market they've but, published but my, my point is this though they've published what they're doing yeah but they still have to publish that they've got a the working thing done ready to go to market they still have more experiments to run now's the time you you throw <laughs> now's the time to sabotage well that's like saying i i'm I am tomorrow or next weekend. I'm going to make a pie. This is the type of pie I'm going to make. These are the ingredients I'll be using. And this is the process by which I'm going to make the pie. I have not yet made the pie, but the pie is forthcoming. Ding dong. And then. Hi, uh, innocent old lady here. I'm here to help you make the pie. Right. And And then it's like, oops, too much flour, too much sugar. But here's the thing. I've released my recipe. Anyone else in the world can take my recipe now and try to make the same pie, pie I was going to make. Good luck. So if you they don't stopped ha- anything. Well, if they don't have the resources for it, like these places, though, if they don't have the funding. But, but that's why. Why are you assuming that? Mm. I mean, that's a good There's point. There's so many labs. But, <laughs> there are so many labs in yeah, so many and, countries. And so, so few dollars for science funding. I feel like we're going to have to cut a lot of this out, but like I, I could not disagree with you more on this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't just, care. There's, I, I, this is, I'm pessimistic with this because I see the way the fucking world works and it's all greed and it's bullshit. It's if, if there, if this isn't some way to make billions of dollars or write a book called, I see how the fucking world works, colon, it's greed and bullshit. By David Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Forward by Dave Stecco. And it's just somehow Saying, it's like, no, a, it's, it's not like a everybody. Pop, it's like a pop up book, and my head just goes, yep. no. <laughs> Maybe it's like a gift card. And when you open to that page, it's just a little four second audio recording by me going, I don't think so. No, it's you saying, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I want to make this book and give it away as a present. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> the uh, The rest of the book is just one chapter. Chapter one. <laughs> list of companies. This fucking world that can fuck off. <laughs> no, no, no. It's gotta have. It's gotta have three chapters because chapter one is this fucking world. Chapter two. Greed. <laughs> Chapter three, bullshit. <laughs> and then an index. <laughs> yeah.
and, and I really love this. And you open it, and the dust jacket has the author's picture. And it's just you with a sword in one hand and a middle finger in the other. Yeah. Pretty, it's pretty much my wedding picture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but then it turns out that the last uh, two, pe- like, there's a bunch of fuck-ups in the book because you hired that assistant after you announced the book, and they f***ed up all the manuscripts you, before it went to the how publisher. How do you think things work? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> like that works like that all the time. Bing bong. Hi, I'm your assist. Hi, I'm editor. Hi, I'm publisher. Hi, I'm marketer. Well, I mean, there's lots of coats in the lab. Oh, lots of lab coats. A lot of lab coats. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I will happily see that I think I'm in the majority. I mean, the, the minority in that belief. I think there are a lot more people who agree with you than me on that. And that's why I have to have you murdered. Okay. I didn't want it to end this way, Flora. Now that now that he's announced it, I'm going to hire someone to go over and mess his plans <laughs> Bing bong. Hold on, Flora. There's someone at the door. <laughs> Hello. I work for a company that will assassinate people for a reasonable price to keep me off the streets. If I kill the most people, I will get a trip to London. Can I interest you in any assassination services? <laughs> why, yes, you can, young man. Come in. <laughs> All right, what do you have? What what else you got? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um oh, okay. Now, listen. <laughs> I don't want to do two things in a row that you and I are going to get crossed up on, but I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice, Flora. It's always the conspiracy shit. I know. I know. And I don't want to do this, but we got to. So, this is this is our pact with the listener. We can't turn away from controversy. <laughs> All right. Are you ready, Flora? <laughs> yeah. New spider species named after Harry Potter sorting hat. Okay. Me still? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scientists in India. Wrong. Found in, <laughs> they found a new tiny, tiny spider. It's only seven millimeters. It's been named Ariovixia Gryffindori after Godric Gryffindor. Because its abdomen is shaped like the sorting hat. It's like a little cone that flops over at the end. That's funny. Why, why does Gryffindor get all the love? Because the sorting hat was belonged to Godric Gif- Gryffindor. All righty. You see this? That. Is that my yeah, that, that uh, it does look like a, a lumpy little sorting hat. Right? But it's got legs and it's f- just filled with spider. What the hell is it's it all- for? Why would you look like that? Oh, uh, because it looks like the dried leaf of a, of a local plant. Ah. So it can just hide amongst so, the um, leaves with that weird name. Botania slitherinensis. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's, would that be a, a plant that looks like a snake? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, their study was published in the Indian Journal of Arachnology. They got their own journal and it's just about spiders. Wow. Did anybody screw it up before they published it? <laughs> well, th- that's the thing. They waited. They kept. They kept it quiet. They kept it under their hats <laughs> until it was time to publish. <laughs> oh, here's another fun update on our our constantly shifting discussion about the states of water. Remember when we were talking about the uh, ice ice nine? Yeah, that thing. The journal, the International Journal of Nanotechnology. 
made some interesting discussion uh, discoveries um, when they found that when water was heated to between um, 40 and 60 degrees Celsius, it uh, hit a crossover temperature where it switched between two different liquid states. Um, the difference in these states being that it's thermal, thermal conductivity, it's refractive index, which is how light travels through it, mm-hmm. it's surface tension, and it's electrical conductivity all changed uh, between these, these temperatures uh, at 64, 50, 57, and 53 degrees respectively. So as it moves through between 40 and 60 degrees, these, uh, there, you have liquid water the whole time, but the properties of that water change at different intervals depending on what you're measuring. Weird. Yeah. No solid water, though. And this is just regular old water water? Yeah. They don't have to, like, gussy it up. <laughs> they, I mean, they talk to it nicely. They play it uh, Jackie Wilson music. Oh, okay. Ghostbusters 2 there for you. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and this was under normal <laughs> atmospheric conditions. Huh. Uh, what, is, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I would think... I mean, what they say is the existence of these two states in liquid water plays an important role in nanometric and biological systems, which is pretty vague. I guess (laughs) technically then if you had water in some sort of integrated, say, circuit, you could differentiate by temperature how that circuit behaves. Uh, The difference in surface tension, I don't know. I mean, that's that'd be hydrogen bond strength. Maybe, hmm. maybe I, I, I don't know about that. The only one that thermal conductivity, um, which is a weird thing that as you change the temperature, the rate at which the temperature changes, changes. So that's kind of an odd thing to wrap my head around. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is, yeah, like a, uh, an electrical differential, you know, in a circuit that would, yeah, you know, maybe like a shut off. Like if you're like, okay. And what was that at 53 degrees? So if, if it was really important for something to happen at 53 degrees, you could incorporate water into a circuit. And, and once it went above that, things change. It doesn't behave the same. I don't. That is a pretty specific and weird trait. <laughs> yeah, it mm. is. And I don't, you, you know, it, it, I mean, yeah, even their thing is like an important role in nanometric and biological systems. Not our biology, because that's. Yeah. Uh, that's 127 degrees Fahrenheit. And I mean, no matter how good I look in bike shorts, I don't ever get that hot. <laughs> Dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and maybe, yeah, that is, that is like some like ocean vent biology, you know, critters living off of sulfur and near boiling temperatures and stuff like that. I mean, cause that is, yeah, that's way hotter than we ever get. I mean, even the, the lowest of those numbers is, uh, the refractive index changes at 122 degrees Fahrenheit. So, yeah, we're long since dead before any of this mad- matters to our <laughs> biology. Sure. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Weird, right? Weird. Did you see how weird that is? Sehr weird. All right. I, I, got, uh, I got one more story, and then I got a, a quick rundown of some fun stuff after that. Yeah. Uh, Run it down. Uh, this one, uh, also from Week and Weird, Oregon's infamously haunted Crescent Mine, featured on Sci-Fi, is up for sale. I confess, I have not seen 
the show that this has been on, uh, which is... I've never heard of it. Yeah, sci-fi's hit series, Ghost Mine. This is uh, Crescent Mine in Oregon. And it's apparently uh, a haunted underground mine, gold mine. Haunted gold? Well, now I'm conflicted. (laughs) It's apparently 20 acres, including this mine, in Sumter, Oregon. Uh, formerly known as the Buckeye Mine, and they say it has been ground zero for Masonic mysteries, unexplained deaths, and even intensely haunted artifacts. And then I guess this was in 2012 that they made a show of it on Sci-Fi, and it it ran for two seasons. They squeezed two seasons out of it, and they say uh, it produced thousands of tons of gold, and according to, I guess, statements in 1940, it had 10 million in reserves. So this thing could still have uh, ha- have some money sitting down there, but apparently it also has uh, a, a curse or whatever is causing all this. It's only 40 grand. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, new level for Patreon backers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's called old timey miner. Uh, 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 Five thousand uh, dollars. I just there's only eight slots available, <laughs> and uh, and we're gonna have a gold mine, and we're also gonna record EVPs and get money. I think at the ten thousand dollar level is when I get tattoo. When I get a tattoo, right? Half the price of Flora getting a tattoo. Uh, <laughs> ten thousand and one dollar. <laughs> Yeah, we only for at need least four, four months. <laughs> yeah, we only need four people. Yeah, for four people, and yeah, we'll we'll get this damn mine. And first of all, we'll see if it's haunted. Second of all, we'll see if it's got gold in it. Everyone gets a bar of gold. <laughs> oh, that would be a blurry photos. What would be stamped on blurry photos? Gold, monoatomic, just one word. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sandhill crane. Oh my God! Wait, could we sell? Since we own a gold mine, could we sell vials of monoatomic gold? It's just a vial that only has one atom of gold in it. <laughs> yeah, why not? I think <laughs> probably every rock down there has that. <laughs> so yeah, for forty grand, it may be sold by now. I didn't check because uh, this was Shit. earlier in the month. But um, uh, yeah, for forty grand, this this haunted. Gold mine, possibly with $10 million reserve gold, according to a 1940 study. Um, so that's, there's that. I'll end my, uh, my, my day here out with uh, a few of these, these kind of weird-ass, silly, who-knows-it-what's-it stories. Uh, I like to call this one a bad apple a day. <laughs> Do you have names for these? I don't know. I just... I <laughs> oh, I, I I thought you were gonna finish that like with like a story. Keep keeps, keeps the, the teacher away, the proctor away. <laughs> now fruit is banned from exams rooms. There are uh, there are three three stories in in papers of uh, some troubles that teachers are having. Uh, number one, a substitute teacher at Sand Hills Middle School in Gaston or Gaston, South Carolina. What is their? What do you think their uh, mascot is? They're the cranes, obviously. The fight Mothman uh, was charged with cruelty to children in December after she exasperated taped two kids to their desk chairs for misbehaving. That's not cruel. That's necessary. Agreed. 
That was from the state in Columbia, South Carolina. Number two, a second grade teacher at Landis Elementary in Houston was charged with felony cruelty after video showed her punching a serial troublemaker in the head as he fought her while she walked him to the principal's office. Whoa, okay, now that's that's a little further down the Ricky Road. Coming out of KTRK TV in Houston. I don't care if you're a fucking kid. If you're <laughs> if you're fighting me, <laughs> you're, a kid. you're gonna get fought with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't don't yeah. Talk shit, get hit. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't I mean start no shit, won't be no shit. Not even talk shit, like hit shit, get hit. Like yeah. if you're if you're yeah, of course I haven't seen it, wasn't there. Number and the last one here, a high school teacher in Glasgow, Scotland, got in trouble in November for proposing in a journal that teachers be allowed to cuss back at students who cuss them. He wrote that limiting teachers to quote unquote don't call me that sends the wrong message. It's from the Scottish Sun in Glasgow. Man, oh, I agree you, with him. Yeah, when you when you're asking a Scotsman not to swear at a child, you are really fucking with the natural order of things. <laughs> but I mean, right? Like, there's no consequence for anyone's actions anymore. It's all like it, it's all moving towards a now. Don't do that, man. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Talk shit. Get hit. <laughs> oh never god the idea i mean I, you mean i can't even call him a <laughs> <laughs> these way little fuckers <laughs> <laughs> and someone going mm-hmm, let it out get it out now we can't we can't go back in there until you're right. done right <laughs> can't say anything all right this one this one i call skating on thin ice in ice. The Space World theme park in Kitakyushu, Japan, opened with a popular ice skating rink in November, but was forced to close two weeks later for being hugely unpopular on social media. The oh, par- I heard about this. Yeah, the park... Skating on thin ice. <laughs> the park had placed 5,000 fish and other sea animals in the ice deck of its freezing port rink, so that skaters could look down as they glided along, gazing at marvels of nature, all dead in advance, of course, purchased from a fish market. Nonetheless, the park manager apologized for grossing out so many people and closed the exhibit, melting the ice and conducting an appropriate religious service for the fish's souls. <laughs> I saw some pictures of that, and it was horrifying. <laughs> I bet! It was absolutely horrifying uh the last one i got here handy incapable the most recent city to schedule a civic-minded conference with community leaders to discuss options for affordable accessible housing in a meeting place that was highly unfriendly to the non-ambulatory was toronto in november man what a weirdly constructed sentence yeah, Basically, could you read that again, please? Because I, I, I lost it. Yeah. So in Toronto, some community leaders had a meeting to uh, discuss options for accessible housing. And the place that they met at to have this meeting required a seven-step walk-up, which was not conducive to people that were handicapped coming to the meeting. 
So the meeting for people who had uh, have a handicap was held at a non-handicap friendly place. <laughs> was held in a treehouse. Was held in, 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 in a hot air balloon with a rope dangling down. <laughs> Um, right. just over the scenic piranha farm. <laughs> and so, so they got complaints and they relocated it <laughs> to a building whose only restroom was in the elevator free basement. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but God, that is no, it's so ironic. Block, ironic. Yeah, it's funny. so blockheadedly like <laughs> short sighted, you know, um, when I first moved into, uh, the, the, the new building at the auction house. There's this long ramp, and we were like, God, it didn't have a railing on it. It was just in because the building was actually like a Franken building. Like someone built a building, and someone built one next to it, and then somebody bought both of them and cut doorways through the two, you know, kind of yeah. melted them together. So all the floors for these buildings weren't exactly all level. And uh, so there's like a, a pretty good difference, like a two foot difference almost between these two floors. So they had this long ramp. Mm hmm. And when we first moved in there, we're like, God, we got to put a railing up. Someone's going to fall over that. And my boss is like, only a moron would fall off of that. 72 hours maximum. This old lady takes a Titanic digger off the edge of this thing. And she, and I can't believe we don't have a rail. Why, why isn't there a rail here? We're like, oh, oh, okay. You got us. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> people don't think about that. <laughs> people don't care about it until it's a problem. Right? So, uh, that's what you do. Do you got anything else? Uh, no. No, I feel like I'm I'm pretty good there. I feel like I uh, feel like we covered a lot of badass ground today. We did. We did some and good Flora, stories out there. No. Nope. We went to we went to war. <laughs> and and you know what we came out of it with? A best-selling book. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. I, I am not going to lie when I say I hope somebody maybe photoshops that book. <laughs> One of these days, you're going to have to come really, over to my I, side of the war. <laughs> I really hope somebody makes that book and posts it to the Facebook page. <laughs> Just putting it out there. If you didn't get me a Christmas present. But but also you have to recognize that if you hear me say that, it's only because Flora let you hear me say that. So it takes a little bit of the uh, subversive nature out of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess, I guess all that's left is for people to uh, like us on Facebook. Um, you know, if, if you are a graphic designer and new to the Facebook page when you're posting a picture of that book, uh, go ahead and like us while you're there. Also, check out the uh, Blurry Photos fan page, also on Facebook. Uh, we are at Blurry Photos uh, on Twitter. There's an underscore in there, too. Oh, sh <laughs> Blurry underscore photos. I knew something about the way I said that was wrong. Check us out at patreon.com slash blurry photos. If you want to get on this train monthly, you get a free extra episode. You get a whole bunch of crazy shenanigan stuff. And uh, if you are at the, is it the Jack Slap level? Yeah, 20 bucks. That at the $20 jack slap level uh this march it is going to be a fiendish no holds barred booze festival for 2 hours we will be live drinking for the 2 hours before we record our our season 6 kickoff episode which means you have to be signed up in the month of february yeah i would say around the so 15th that, 
just or or fourteenth yeah. for Valentine's Day. Your Valentine's Day present to yourself. <laughs> Sign up for so, <laughs> for the yep. drinking, and then uh, you'll get the uh, you'll get the uh, the code so that you can join us in our uh, our online hangout. We'll be uh, drinking and kicking it. It's going to be a blast. And and here here's the thing. You know what? Nobody's twisting your arm. All you got to do is you sign up. As long as you're paid for March, you can cancel thereafter. You know, just hang out with us for that uh, for that one time. Hey, listen, I'm I'm not the police of you. You do what you want. Yeah, yeah. But you'll have fun if you sticks around. Yep, yep. Cards will get charged uh, the first of March for that, and then yeah, if you if you don't want to stay in, if you don't have any fun, then <laughs> we go just. On and cancel. Uh, we just finished doing our live cast, and we had a we had a damn blast. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, and also everybody, and this is important: if you are a patron, uh, a patron on Patreon, and you, if for any reason haven't gotten what you're owed, let me know, please. I don't trust their system of delivering emails to to people, and I feel like our emails sometimes go into uh, a junk or spam folder anyway. So. To that end, uh, if you have donated for certain months of the extra sodes and haven't gotten your your links to those shows, let me know. I'm pretty sure I'm caught up on every uh, everybody, and I'm just worried that it's going to spam and people think we're we're not sending them out. Is all. So yeah, that's just, that is our deepest terror. Yeah, that 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 people are are kind enough and 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 generous enough to to want to get on board and help support us, and then somehow. That doesn't work. It doesn't get to <laughs> we, you. Yeah. We have to make sure that yeah that you guys get taken care of. So. Yeah. So so please let me know if if you haven't received what you're owed. Was the was the uh, short way of saying yeah. that whole long thing. <laughs> um, let's see what else do we have out there. Uh, don't forget to check out Candy Chat. Yep. Uh, and uh, also at Candy Chatters on Twitter. Uh, that's a ton of fun. We got a Christmas episode that uh, should be. We're gonna we're gonna get that dealt with because here's the thing. Betty and Tab don't buy candy at full price. Yeah. So you got to wait till the holidays passed to get the real savings. Exactly. They are, they are very serious about that. As they should be. As they should be. As Candy's they should expensive. Be. I saw there was like a Russell Stover box that was like 20 bucks at the store. Oh, I was like, come Someone's going to feel so betrayed by that. <laughs> betrayed. <laughs> Audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get a free yep. audio book download uh, of your choice. Get yourself a trial membership. What are you listening to now? I am listening to, let me see if I can remember. My phone just died, so I, I can't pull it up. But it's like uh, Righteous Minds, Why People Think the Way They Think, something like that. It's um, it's about, I think it's, it's, it's a social psychologist that has written a book about how people think as a Republican, think as a Democrat, think as a uh, Christian, Ooh. think as a, an atheist. Like that sounds fascinating. Yeah, it it is in in most parts, and you know, it, it, he does a good job of of laying out why people think like you know if if you're voting Republican in today's uh, political landscape, ultimately what you're trying to get to isn't far off from what those who are voting Democrat want to get to. It's just you have a different way of getting there than they. Or you have the different idea of how to get there than than those people do, and and then it just sort of falls apart and and gets volatile anymore. So I don't. Yeah, it's it's um it's very interesting, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying it when I can keep up with it. <laughs> right, that sounds awesome. I I would also throw out there. I've I've recommended it before. 
but I, I think I'm going to go back and listen to it again. But uh, The Sea Wolves is uh, a very yeah. fascinating book about the history of Vikings. And I just, over this over the holidays, uh, I, I've been binge-watching Vikings, the TV show, which I think is uh, awesome. <laughs> I've been really enjoying the show. Uh, and I remember from the book some parts of what they are showing in the show. Now, I think they're, you know, they're obviously taking a dramatic license to make it a show and stuff, but there was like, in particular, this, I, I'm not going to give anything away, but there was a, a, a part of the history that had to do with the Vikings and France and uh, some little trick that, that got pulled. And, and I was like, oh, shit, that's from the book that somebody did that. Somebody actually uh, uh, was uh, clever enough to do it. And, and so it, I got real excited about it. so i think i'm gonna go back through and listen to it again just because I, I think it's even more fascinating that the show is pulling from actual history yeah have you watched i think I, I, I i caught a small my, my mom and uh stepdad watched that and i caught a small amount of it but like i just like it was like a toddler wanting into it watering into a theater in the middle of the movie i didn't know who anybody was yeah why yeah. there was a guy he was in a cage but then he got let out that's all i can tell you that's all i know <laughs> it's it's worth a watch from the beginning yeah i think that's it for us for business yeah i think that's everything so uh uh hope you had a, had a great christmas happy new year to y'all uh-huh and uh we'll we'll see you next week because i think next week we're gonna next time on Bullstone. when is it too late to send your favorite podcasters a christmas present the answer might surprise you it's never angels we have heard on rye We'll show you the toast purported to show the angelic choir of heaven next time on Bullstone. <laughs> All these tip-flicking stories and more next time on Bullstone. Woo.